As you all know, sharpfootballanalysis.com is the best place for fantasy analysis and betting information. And this week, we're running a huge promo on the site. The total points scored in the Thursday night game between Jacksonville and Cincinnati will represent the percentage off any product on the site on Friday, October 1st. Visit sharpfootballanalysis.com on Friday and check out the blue banner at the top of the page, which will have the discount code. Last year, that got up to 65 points, so that was 65% off. We'll see what it is this year. Remember, Friday, sharpfootballanalysis.com, blue banner at the top of the page, which will have the discount code. Hello, welcome to Sharp Angles. I am Dan Pizzuta, joined here by Rich Rebar. Rich, here we go. Heading to week four already. Uh, we used to be able to say like after week four is the, was like the quarter mark of the season, but with an extra 17th game, that's not really the case anymore. Uh, so uh, our, our normal benchmarks all thrown off, uh, but you know, we're still getting through it all, all the way already through three weeks. So uh, how are you feeling today? I'm doing good. You know, we're going to turn the page on September too. It's a, you know, October. I went out to my car this morning uh, for a doctor's appointment and there was actually like frost on my car kind of in the morning. So I was like, Oh, like, here we go. Huh? Like uh, it's it's already, it's already happening. Uh, So yeah, I mean, we're like entrenched now in football season, the samples coming and uh, you know, I went on a nice little rant last week of how like, you know, Matt Nagy couldn't possibly be this bad, right? Like this bad. And uh, it turns out that that is true. He actually is that bad. Uh, so a pretty disastrous, uh, week three, if you're a bear say, <laughs> yeah, so I, so much I, excitement well, yeah. in one, it, one afternoon. What a tough thing to watch just kind of all around like fields wasn't blameless in that, but oh no, it, right. You, you don't have like one yard per attempt to buy just one thing being bad. Obviously everything went wrong in that game but uh and i've kind of like seen some like pushback on uh like it being matt Nagy's fault over like the past couple days just because we get pushback on literally everything if you wait long enough uh but to see that like fields was holding the ball a little too long and, and there were some concepts that were open and like on some plays sure but there was like for matt Nagy to go into that game and think that the the quick game and like building the entire offensive plan around quick game um and sh- shotgun and being in five man protection and having that be what you were going to roll with Justin Fields for his first NFL start like have you ever watched Justin Fields play football like how <laughs> how are those two things like i get there were some like schemed open parts of that plan that like should have worked a little better but also that should not have been the plan for Justin Fields <laughs> in his first game like that's that's not what he do well we spent the entire time heading up to the draft talking about how you know quick game is not exactly Justin Fields biggest strength um and how uh, like under center get him to boot out a little more and there were like a couple boots but like not really like not well designed rollouts I think he had two rollouts yeah and so like there were there were no like crossers there was no like we talked about this before and like I wrote about this for the site during draft season like Justin Fields was one of the best intermediate throwers in college football like 
ever. <laughs> and like there were just no plays to the intermediate part of the field. They didn't try to really like set up any deep shots that were like going to work. And everything that was like to the sticks was guys who were like still about to break when Fields was at the back of his drop. Like everything was just so disconnected. So while there were like some parts of the plan that Fields did not do particularly well, having that be the plan is just inexcusable I think for for what they were going to do and so much of what the Browns did last week was just like they rushed four and sat everyone back in coverage which is going to screw up that quick game also because they were able to get pressure with four so when you're able to disrupt that quick game with just four guys who are like in field's lap as soon as he's hitting the back of his drop and you still have all of those uh, resources in coverage like what are you supposed to do I I just think all around uh, they like everything Thing that could have gone wrong went wrong and i think they they seriously need to just reconsider what they thought would be the plan and what would help fields because that obviously was not the case yeah i mean the browns just they knew they can get home with their front four and they just sat on everything uh and you know it's just such a heartbreaker for the bears because you know you have this right this is this is the next thing right this is our our next out our our next kind of uh rung to latch onto to pull us out of the sea of darkness and to have it start that way uh is just so just such an abysmal feeling you know to go the rest of the season now not because now when fields plays again it may be the sunday and who knows um you know that excitement's gone right like it's it's kind of how jets fans are feeling with zach wilson right now uh, you know, this was the next thing and it, it's already sour. And the Jets have had a miserable, miserable open to the season so far. Uh, three teams that are, I mean, they have the worst, you know, strength of schedule so far of any team in the NFL in terms of defense opponent. But, you know, every you already see people are like, well, like if it's this bad already, uh, you know, I don't think that this, this guy's like, we're already, we're already talking about the next guy already. It's been three games in and, and all these rookie quarterbacks have really come out of the gates. Yeah. And it's been a struggle bus. I think they're what they have one win. Mac Jones is the one win in week two against Over Zach Wilson, Zach Wilson. Uh, against Zach Wilson. Uh, so it has been a struggle bus for all these guys. Lance hasn't gotten on the field yet. Uh, but there, I mean, I don't, I don't really think that, uh, you know, anyone here has really done anything like that. It's saying like, I'm out on this prospect, you know, completely so far, even Lawrence has made a plays where, you know, that throw to DJ shark is you see it, right? Like, it's like this, this play, like not a lot of guys make that throw. Uh, so, I mean, there's right. still glimpses there and what, you know, so there's, we'll... <laughs> there's like a, a couple of things like that. And, you know, you'll be listening to this after the Thursday night game. So we'll, we don't know what happened with, uh, Trevor Lawrence on, on Thursday <laughs> night, but, uh, in the first couple of games, like he's, he's made some throws that like, yeah, you do see it, especially some of those corner routes, which, uh, you know, that, that throw to Charka uh, in the back of the end zone, he's had a couple other, uh, like really nice corners where he's, it's great anticipation. He's, he's putting the ball like where it needs to be on time and accurately. So I think if they, you know, continue to put some pieces like that in place and, and take out, you know, all the other really weird, uh, you know, Ur- Urban Meyer stuff they're, they've been doing, I think that'll help. And, uh, you know, it, I think a lot of that is, you know, these teams are still, I think, trying to figure out what these rookies they can and and can't do. And, you know, Fields isn't really like the only one we've seen kind of come in and run like a, a game plan that's not completely, uh, you know, set up to their like skill set, especially like the, the Mac Jones thing is. And well, I mean, I know we're going to talk about the Patriots and and Bucks because you know we 
have to at, at this point. Like <laughs> we, can't, we can't have a week four preview without talking about that game. Um, but when you're looking at kind of like what Mac Jones is, like they they brought him in and like we all kind of expected to be like he was going to be like that quick game master, that guy who was going to get the ball out quickly uh, and accurately. And it, it's gotten to the point where I think he has that so ingrained in him that he's like passing up some things that have been open down the field. Um, and, and he hasn't really been pushing the ball uh, to pieces that are, that are open. And I think there are, have been some big plays left on the field uh, for new England. And I think it's been really tough, you know, other than against that jet secondary uh, to be able to consistently move the ball uh, in that way, when those chunk plays just aren't really being created because you don't have these guys that are, you know, running after the catch well so like even if you are like super accurate in that quick game and in that short uh area of the field uh it's just it's not moving the ball at the pace where where it really should be and i think you know that's kind of what we saw in the beginning of last year with the cam newton led offense i think it's very structurally the same they just don't have uh the running ability now uh, of the quarterback that was able to uh just kind of uh overcome uh some of those uh, lacking of you know talent and and openings in the passing game so i think we're kind of seeing where they are struggling there right now yeah and i mean we you know expected them to run a lot of 12 personnel than they they have uh and it hasn't been good they you know the the, the signs of life that they've kind of shown is when they kind of had to go to, to playing Kendrick Bourne you know who we thought they would play a little bit more so maybe they're going to be forced especially this game uh having to throw the football more that they're going to have to open it up a little bit more uh the, the ball is still going to be coming out quick here because the, the Bucks blitz more than any other team in the NFL so they might not be able to set up some of these downfield shots but I think that we're going to see them have to play Kendrick Bourne a lot more this Sunday night and that may actually help Mac Jones in a little bit you know give him a little bit more um uh kind of more things that he did in college you know where he, he had a lot of wide receivers on the field obviously at Alabama uh and the uh he'll be able to make some of these, you know, kind of quicker reads with, with the defense spread out a little bit more. I don't know how much Richard Sherman's going to play on Sunday night, but you know, they lose another cornerback in Jamel Dean uh, last week uh, and they're going to shut down this run game hundred percent. So uh, we're going to see Mac Jones have to throw. Uh, he dropped back what 53 times last week. I think we'll be about the same this week. Uh, so we'll, we'll see what kind of how he adjusts. I feel bad for him. He's in a no one spot this week. Uh, <laughs> you know, the, the, the torch, the torch passing kind of in a sense, but uh Hey, uh, it's going to be a field day for all those guys. You get the revenge game for Brady Gronk and and, and can we count Antonio Brown as the revenge game. I, I have no idea. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, but I mean, when you look at everything else that they're, they're going to be going, guess, and obviously this is, this is a very pro, uh, Kendrick Bourne, um, uh, podcast. I, I just like I love that skill set that they're putting into when you have like that specific role for him in the he offense. Good last week. Yeah, and then like <laughs> saw when he when he was put in, he was able to to open it up. And but I think I mean it's really hard to do anything because uh, right, like you said, uh, they're they're going to be blitzed, and uh, these rookie quarterbacks just kind of all of them have struggled uh, against the blitz so far. Um, there hasn't been uh, a lot of you know ways that the guys are you know throwing into the blitz or throwing open. And a lot of them are because of you know some of these creative pressure looks. I mean, what what um, what the Panthers did to like Zach Wilson in uh, in the first game, uh, and it it's you know continued with with all of these uh, rookies, and so especially with the Patriots, like they they don't really have that outlet 
that like you can rely on to throw to uh, against the blitz. So it, it's and going to be James a White. lot. It, right. And you're, you kind of taken out that, that one piece that possibly could be that. So, um, you know, well, it's, it's going to be tough, uh, for Mac Jones. And then on the other side of the ball, like you just have the bucks who are just, you know, uh, Brady is going to like, there's no reason for him to like, not be throwing deep just like all the time, uh, against, the secondary i mean you like you have jc jackson who is really good and then all the other pieces are kind of you know still coming into place and you know jalen mills is you know whatever right now so like when you just have as many weapons as tampa bay does it's just going to be hard to uh see them uh slowing down because they just they haven't answered anything you could only put jc jackson on one guy um and and the vision for uh, Jalen Mills probably wasn't for him to be locked in at this outside cornerback position. Right. right. Like, yeah. He yeah. was supposed to be, you know, that, that safety slot hybrid uh, mm-hmm. type of piece that they could move around. So having him as an outside corner is, was not the plan when they signed him. Uh, right. So well, obviously you're hoping Stefan Gilmore you know, comes back when he is eligible to, uh, and that's going to help New England at that point. But it, until then, yeah, you are relying on a guy you weren't expecting to rely on uh, at that point. And he's either going to be, you know, on Mike Evans or, or Chris Godwin, if he's in the slot or, mm-hmm. uh, or, or Antonio, Antonio Brown. Brown. <laughs> like, there's, there's just so many, like even Tyler Johnson, who was really good in like, give Tyler Johnson more snaps. Like that's, that's where we are with Tampa Bay right now. Like, even if when they're not like playing, incredibly well like they were you know held back by the rams a a little bit last week but still like you have tyler johnson who when healthy is like wide receiver five or six on that team and he's still really good um so uh there's just you know there's so many options for for tampa bay uh on on that side of the ball and i just don't see how brady isn't going to go like bombs away and just try to score as many possible points as they can on new England. Yeah. And you know, they're coming off a loss Brady in his career against the spread off a loss is 40 and 14. It's not a full seven points in a lot of places. Uh, I I mean, you got, you got to take the Brady and the points here, man. Yeah. I mean, if it's, uh, (laughs) I mean, obviously that's going to be, you know, a very public play of, of what they're going to do, but you know, sometimes that's, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, unless I mean, it's been the chiefs, man. I mean, the chiefs now have, not, right. have covered one of their past 11 games. Vegas is laughing to the bank every week on the chiefs because the public money just keeps pouring in. Uh, and you know, the chiefs keep, 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 uh, giving these games to the spread and they've outright lost, you know, two in a row. Uh, but you know, this Eagles team, uh, coming off the short week on Monday night, just, you know, we came on week two and we're like, Oh, what a great game plan. Nick Sirianni had like what, yeah, you know, I remember when we thought they might be, you know, at least passable on offense. That was yeah, fun. Forward thinking. Uh, now they're going to be possibly down three starting offensive linemen in this game. Uh, I mean, the last two game plans that the Eagles have rolled out, we talked about week two, they turned, it was the same game plan that was Jalen Hurts under Doug Peterson, the long vertical throws, uh, low percentage of uh, probability of completions, and the offense couldn't move the ball that way. You couldn't sustain drives that way. Last week, I don't know what the plan was. It's really hard to diagnose what the plan was. There was no balance. There was no kind of creativity on offense whatsoever. They did have him throw the Jalen Hurts throw a little bit shorter, but there were, you know, Jalen Hurts is the type of quarterback that needs offensive leverage, right? Like you want to be able to sell that you can run and throw and they're not doing any designed runs with him at all. 
Uh, all, all, almost all his rushing attempts are scrambles, which is very odd. Uh, he only has yeah. eight, eight designed runs so far on the season. Um, it, it's, I'm sorry, he's 11. It's eighth among quarterbacks. Uh, but you know, I, I, this is, I was so excited after week one and, you know, everyone was, it was like, all right, they just Nick Sirianni is getting it. And these last few weeks, I just don't really, it's been head scratching what the Eagles have tried to do on offense. Yeah, it, it really has. Like, I just, especially when you kind of saw like what worked in week one, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not like what they tried to do in week one didn't work and now they've gone away from it and they're trying to figure something else out. Like having him, obviously we said after week one, having a you know 3.4 average depth of target also wasn't going to be right. what worked, you know, going forward. And that's not what you wanted to build the offense around, but the mixing that in, right. And now they've gone so far to the other extreme, uh, asking him again to be pushing the ball down the field to the outside. Um, I think they, they really need to figure out the middle of the field um that's something you if you're going to be able to you know work on you know in the Kansas City's defense if you you want to try to exploit their linebackers who are not very good um you know obviously the the Chiefs are, are rolling Tyron Matthew around there to cover up some of their linebackers in coverage so he's playing some of those you know middle of the field responsibilities but if you are trying to attack the Chiefs, you're going to want to do you know heavy tight ends and attack those linebackers and work that middle of the field. And we just haven't really seen them do that. Uh, so um, it's just, yeah, it's we had you know one one positive where they worked around, and then just two games in a row where it's just not really sure what they're doing they're not playing to anyone's strengths really um except for uh you know quez Watkins. the the <laughs> the deep pass that quez Watkins just always works so maybe they should incorporate that a little more into the offense kendrick born um, and quez Watkins drops already in the first uh there there we go minutes. this is this is what you guys uh come to this <laughs> podcast for is uh breaking down the stars of the nfl uh <laughs> um but yeah and then then we're just kind of seeing like Kansas City on offense, like they they were still fine, right? They're like they're not going to turn the ball over four times uh, again, and this is going to be uh, another time where you know we'll we'll see how. I'm really interested to see how they're going to continue to attack uh, the run game because that was something they they wanted to do heading into the season. We saw it with their offensive line, we saw it in a lot of the preseason where they're you know doing more schematically in the run game than they had. They wanted to be able to change it up. They wanted that to be able to, um, you know, be there, um, you know, be their change up when they, you know, if you're taking a Tyree kill out of the game, if you're taking, uh, you know, Travis Kelsey out, you, they wanted that as another option. And, you know, the Eagles are going to be a team that's now going to, you know, sit back in that, that too high structure and uh, give a little bit uh, you know, to the run. And we'll see they're still, they're weaker at, defensive line than they were at the start of the season uh because of some injuries and um we'll see how that goes but the the run game just hasn't completely clicked uh for uh Kansas City and when it has you know there's been the fumble issues and, and I don't think they're going to be a team that you know believes that uh Clyde Edwards Hilaire shouldn't get the ball because he's fumbled uh, a couple times but they have been in some high leverage spots uh and so i'm very interested to see if they do continue to try to force that or if they just get to a point where they think 
you know, we've survived without it before. So let's just continue to do uh, what we're doing and see if they just, you know, kind of step on the gas that way and figure it out. Uh, and maybe that, you know, doesn't happen until there's a couple weeks down the road and Josh Gordon is now uh, on this team and they actually have like a third receiving option who might actually be able to do something other than, you know, the, the very specific scheme things they have to do for, you know, a McCall Hardman or a Byron Pringle or, or that. Um, so uh, I'm very interested to see over these next few weeks, uh, how the chiefs are going to continue to attack on offense. Yeah. Like you said, this is gonna be another week. They're going to be invited to run the football. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they kind of adjust uh, that, you know, the opening two weeks, they play two really good run defense. I think the Browns have showed us they're going to be a good run defense here. And then the Ravens, at full strength or as full strength as they could have been. Uh, you know, they didn't have, you know, Brandon Williams last week, uh, but they did have him against Chiefs. So, you know, those are two run defenses that are going to be good regardless. So last week we saw they were real willing to acquiesce and say, we'll run the football. They had a little more success last week outside of that fumble. Uh, so we'll see how they do uh, because it's going to be another game. I'm, I'm real curious to, to, to see how they start adjusting with Tyreek Hill because last year, they made a cognizant change with Tyreek Hill at the midway point of last year. They reduced his A dot, got him a lot shorter looks, used him as a yard after the catch guy, and his, he was able to sustain a really high target volume. If he's kind of been back to the, the the front half of 2020, the way they've used him the last two weeks, where he's still running downfield routes and as a byproduct of the way teams are covering them, he's not getting he's not drawing a lot of targets. Uh, so it's gonna be interesting to see how they kind of counter punch through that as well. I was I was waiting for it last week because. I mean, even I knew what Brandon Tilly was going to do, you know, so I would, I'd assume Andy Reid definitely knows, uh, and they weren't able to, uh, you know, kind of use Tyree Kill in a fashion to make it advantageous for the offense. Um, and you know, he said these things have happened and they still could have won easily won those two games, you know, a play here, a play there, they win those games. So it's not like the it's we're, we're, we're jumping off the roof on the chiefs here. Like they're fine. Uh, and they should get, get back, get back on track and easily, you know, easily take care of the Eagles, especially like I said, if Nick Sirianni's calling games, like he is the last two weeks. Uh, but I do want to see them use Tyree kill a lot more like they did at the end of last season than how they have through the opening th- three weeks. And especially the last two weeks against, against teams that really sat high on them, didn't blitz and said, we're not going to let you throw downfield, but you still have to find ways to get your, you know, an elite playmaker like Tyree kill the football, get his hands on the football more than they have the last two weeks. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, you, like you said, the second half of last year, they were figuring out how to, you know, get some of those explosive plays by not just throwing deep to Tyree kill all the time. And then having, that more ingrained in the offense forced teams to uh, adjust to that. And then that opened up some more, you know, deep plays to, to Tyree kill. So uh, very interested to see how that's going to go, especially with, you know, these Eagles uh, corners have, uh, have been hit, hit and miss. We kind of thought, you know, maybe that, um, you know, the, the too high zone structure would, would help uh, out a little bit and it has at some point, but uh you know, it's basically helped just because it makes teams not throw throw a lot deep, but that's really it. It's not like the guys right, are then, playing. It's not the guys are playing good. <laughs> yeah, but then we saw against uh, the Cowboys on on Monday night, they did not really have a problem with that uh, in in any case. So uh, we'll we'll definitely see how that is going to go for the Chiefs. So um, let's uh, move on here. There are a couple. The, you know, interesting games, and I think we'll we'll get to uh, the NFC 
West matchups, which are, are very interesting. But let's uh, let's hit Carolina Dallas because we were just talking about the Cowboys yeah. real quick. Because this is like we didn't get a chance to talk about the the Panthers really last week because they were uh, the Thursday game. Um, but we have you know talked about the Panthers you know quite a bit. Uh, I wrote about them after week one um, to say that their defense was was doing some cool things. The defense has continued uh, to do some very cool things. Right now, they are first in uh, in DVOA. Carolina is just first in DVOA um, in, in general, but also first defensive DVOA. Um, they, they took a hit uh, with J.C. Horn now out uh, for the season. That's going to you know hurt what they were able to do on the back end that uh, really had the structure of uh, which allowed them to blitz at such a higher rate than they were uh, previously. But this now this Cowboys offense is easily, you know, the best offense that they have faced uh, so far. So I, I really want to see how this defense is going to be able to hold up against uh, an offense that, you know, is pretty good because <laughs> we really haven't seen that yet. Yeah, and I'm real curious to see how Dallas, you know, approaches this game and, you know, pick your brain on this a little bit too because Kellen Moore, I think, has done one of the great best jobs uh, from a coordinator since in the opening three weeks of the season. But the yep. last two teams that they've played, uh, you know, have really kind of leaned themselves to playing those th- those combo back schemes. You know, we've seen Tony Pollard. He's he's a part of the initial game plans, like in, in the touches that they give him are, are definitely diagnosed, you know, prehand. But we also saw in the Bucks game when they get off that script and they have to trail, that's when you don't see Tony Pollard on the field. He's not running any pass routes per team drop back. And that's how you kind of lose the, the ability to kind of use this little whatever mini thunder and lightning thing that they have going on with, you know, Zeke and Pollard. Because one thing about it is they play really well off of each other. You look at the touches, they're getting on the edge to Tony Pollard. They play right into Tony Pollard's strengths and they're using Zeke and his, you know, really stellar interior running. Uh, an ability to kind of, you know, pick up extra yards on the inside uh, of defenses to make these guys really kind of gel and be really cohesive. And they played really the last two teams. We talked a lot at Alice, you know, about Brandon Staley and how he wants people to, to, to play. And the Cowboys, you know, walked right into that and said, yep, we'll do that. And then we'll do it successfully. <laughs> and then last week, the Eagles, the, the Eagles were not coming out of what they were doing. It was amazing. Like, it was just like, they did not care uh what like what whatsoever they're like we are not gonna let anything vertical happen in this game we don't even care because all all Dak did was check to either runs or, or throws to the tight ends and running backs and the Eagles were like cool that's fine we'll give up 40 points this way um but the Panthers are like a, a hybrid defense so like what are we going to get here how does Kellen Moore devise a game plan that like we can diagnose prehand because we've had a really good idea what the Cowboys were going to do in the last three games uh but the Panthers blitz a lot. Are they going to send a lot of heat at Dak? They mix in. They've been like we talked about their the acquisitions in the offseason that they were going to play more man this year, and they've mixed more man defense in. Uh, so I'm really curious to see how the Cowboys approach it because it's not going to be similar to what I think we saw the last two weeks. Uh, but I don't have like a really great pulse on like how Kellen Moore is exactly going to come at this Panthers defense. Because one, we haven't seen the Panthers play anyone really good offensively, uh, and two, they are a little bit of a hodgepodge of doing a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's going to definitely be, you know, the the fascinating part here, especially, you know, when you look at this, you know, we think of the Dallas offensive line as, uh, you know, a strength, but, it, you know, they are with now without uh, Lyle Collins. Um, that has 
not been good right now. I'm looking, they are 30th in uh, pass block win rate, which is not what you want uh, against this uh, Panthers uh, defensive line and this Panthers just front seven in general that's been able to get pressure. The The Panthers are uh, tied for first with the Browns in pass rush win rate. So they are able to just get pressure with the guys that they, uh, you know, are sending off the edge. You know, Brian Burns uh, has been great. Hassan Reddick has been great. Uh, but what they're doing is they're, they're mixing up so many mm-hmm. of those, uh, those looks too. They can have some of those, you know, uh, like bare fronts where they have three uh, interior linemen and then Burns and Reddick on the edges. So they have a five-man defensive line that makes it look very hard to run against. And they're still able to get pressure that way because they're getting guys in the interior. Derek Brown's getting pressure uh, from the inside. Uh, Bravian Roy is getting pressure from the inside. Morgan Fox has been really good. He was an off-season acquisition. So they just are able to get pressure when they're not sending extra guys and then they're setting all of these exotic blitzes uh, outside of that too. But what's, you know, really, uh, you know, in a part of that is they've been able to play really good coverage on the back end. They haven't had to have, you know, those extra defensive backs uh, on the field because the defensive backs have been really good, but without JC Horn able to play that man coverage, I think they, they're, they're having like some of those, you know, like three safety looks a lot. And you have, you know, Jeremy Chin playing basically, you know, a, a kind of a, a linebacker type thing and, and moving around. Uh, so I think without Horn that that's going to have, um, it's going to change a lot of the structure of, of the secondary. And I think, think that I'm not sure it, how they're going to hold up there and how they're going to adjust there. If they're going to be more aggressive blitzing and try to get this quick pressure uh, because they're not as um, you know confident in, in the secondary holding up. And I mean, they, they traded for CJ Henderson, which, you know, is interesting. Henderson wasn't a guy I was high on um, coming yeah, into the draft. I think he, he struggled a bit. He's was one of those corners that ran really fast, but didn't, really know how to play the position but i think when you are uh throwing him into this panther scheme and uh, i think there's there's a big difference between what the panthers are putting into him as a resource and picking him ninth overall right so i i was not a fan of uh taking him ninth overall in the draft but right now uh you're getting him for you know uh, barely any money on a on a rookie contract where the signing bonus has already been played uh you didn't give up a lot of you know draft capital and now you're putting him in the structure of this defense uh that has already been you know proven to work um and i think they they did a similar thing you know with uh dante jackson on the outside i think they they're they're a little similar um in in how they play so i think they can you know maybe mold him a little bit so um uh, I'm a little higher on his outlook in Carolina than I did as like the ninth overall pick uh, in Jacksonville. So uh, we'll see how that, you know, uh, comes in, but uh, I'm very interested to see how, how this, you know, defense uh, continues to, to work. Cause I think they are going to remain blitz heavy because that's how they're going to do it. And they've been, you know, confusing guys that, you know, you, when you have guys like Brian Burns and Son Reddick who can drop back into coverage also, and like play that quite well. And then you have Shaq Thompson who can just like, he's been playing out of his mind uh, the first couple of weeks. Like he's just been all over the place. He's been able to blitz. He's been able to cover. Um, so I think that there's still a lot of pieces in place. Uh, in this Carolina defense. And and even if, you know, they're not going to be the best defense in the league right now, I think they're, they're being good enough that they'll still be a very good unit going forward against some of the better offenses. And then when you have an offense right now that 
it's still been, you know, fine. I think it's, you know, they're still finding its way. They were able to take advantage of, of Houston last week. Um, you know, I think they, they've set it up where Sam Darnold doesn't have to do a lot in order to be successful. And I think if you have a quarterback like Darnold there, uh, that, you know, that's what you're going to want to do. So, uh, going against, um, you know, that, that Dallas defense, I think Carolina can, can do enough to keep this game close. Yeah, I mean, the Dallas defense has been better, you know, than a lot of people, you know, have thought they would be, but they're still living kind of on the cachet of they lead the league in turnovers. Yep. And I don't know how long that's going to hold up. Uh, you know, definitely something that has some fragility to it. They're still giving up, you know, a, t- a ton of yards for play. I mean, the third most yards for play. So there is opportunity here still to, I mean, this Carolina team total feels really low to me. Uh, just at, at 22 and a half points, you know, the, the spread is five. I definitely think that Carolina is, is very alive at the five points. Um, Cause I think they're going to move the football. And if Dallas doesn't get those turnovers that they've created, eventually they won't. Uh, you know, we're going to see some teams actually score more points on them. Like the bucks did. And we won the bucks still score points on them with the turnovers. The last two weeks, they've really kind of gotten away with giving up a lot of yardage and then not giving up a lot of points, especially in that chargers game. Um, so I do think that the, the, the Panthers are a little bit live here. Uh, I don't know if they were right win, but I do think that the five is looking pretty tasty on their end uh, because I do think Darnold's going to play pretty well here because I just don't think the Dallas is a defense that we're really scared of. They're kind of, like I said, just living off of those turnovers. Uh, we know Chris McCaffrey though. So, I mean, this is going to throw a little bit of a wrinkle into things. Chuba Hubbard, uh, the next tackle he breaks will be his first uh, of the season, but uh, no, no, not, not quite to that degree, but it's, you know, he's been kind of a guy that's gone down on first contact, basically, you know, going into his last year at Oklahoma state too. Uh, but you saw when he, he had to come in, you know, he was still kind of, they use him the same way, still kind of, you know, they did this with Mike Davis last year too. Like they aren't going to really break out of their offense. They're going to add, you know, he played 73% of snaps. He was in and all the long down and distance stuff. He, they threw him five targets. Like they're still going to use that role. The interesting thing now is what it, with, with, you know, McCaffrey being out and them trading Dan Arnold for the CJ Anderson is, is how they kind of shift these oscillate using these receivers and possibly Tom, Tommy tremble in the passing game. We'll see how much he actually use gets used. Cause we haven't seen the tight end used in the system now and going back to last year as well. But Terrace Marshall had his snaps and snaps and routes go up on Thursday night last week. And then we're trying to figure out what they're doing with Robbie Anderson. I mean, he's stuck in this, kind of lid lifting role now is his depth of target is almost double what it was last year. It's at 18.4 yards. It was 9.8 yards last year. They're not able to get him kind of free looks. I mean, they, they extended this guy in the preseason um, and they basically turned him basically into just being like a, a one note kind of guy that like takes the top off of a defense to start the year. Uh, I think that we'll start to see him kind of get mixed in uh, a little bit more kind of evenly. Uh, but we you know with McCaffrey out. Yeah, you would dope. I mean, the the role he had last year was so good. Like he was so good at it. He, you know, developed that little, you know, like hop step off the line that just you know, worked so well in the short and intermediate area. We were you know, talking about that like almost every week. I, I had some gif of like him winning great off the line and creating separation early. Um, almost like every every week uh, uh last week that that I was posting so uh, I think we'll we'll see that a little more and you know one of the things that, that I think we'll we'll want to see uh, when he does that is because uh Dallas might be you know blitzing a, a little more and it's going to be a very you know interesting give and take here because Dallas has you know the eighth highest blitz rate uh in the league right now but they are also uh only 23rd in uh positive play rate uh when they're blitzing so they are you know allowing uh some 
some positive plays uh, when they're blitzing, but uh, Sam Darnold so far has, has struggled uh, a little bit against the blitz and he does have, you know, a negative uh, EPA uh, against uh, the blitz. So that's one place where, um, you know, Carolina hasn't really been able to uh, you know, move that offense uh, going forward. So I think if you have Robbie Anderson and he becomes that kind of, you know, a short intermediate, you know, outlet that they can, you know, get the ball to reliably, uh, especially without McCaffrey uh, there. I, I think that'll, that'll help a little bit. So I, I would expect him to, uh, you know, start developing that role uh, this week. And you, you would hope because that is, you know, where he was so good last year. And I just, I don't understand why they have completely gone away uh, from it this year. And just, you know, like you said, just sent him down the field on, on the, on the vertical routes, which like he is fast, but like that is not where his game was great. And I think they, they really figured out that role last year and it, it just continues to puzzle me why that's not the case this year. It's definitely Um, not where Darnold's game is great. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 it's not. Yeah. So let's move on here. Uh, I want to hit, you know, these, the NFC West games because they are both the, the very interesting. So let's, um, let's go to Arizona and, and the Rams, because, uh, this is like two teams that are kind of, you know, the Arizona is playing better than I, I think we thought we, we have these pieces. It's, it's so different, right? Because we have in Arizona, it's this uh, quarterback who is taking over this, uh, not great structure of an offense and so much of it as, as we've talked about is that the Kyler go go do what you do and you know, like we'll figure it out later and then on the other side you have the Rams who have this great structure on offense and now have this great quarterback uh who has been able to take it to uh, another level um I, you know I, I wrote about in first and 10 uh this this past week with um against the Bucks with the Rams like there were like Stafford wasn't great early on, like he was missing some throws, but that was almost like in, in a way encouraging because in the past with the Rams, like if they missed those throws early in the game, like they were screwed. Like they weren't getting those opportunities again later in the game. Like you had that one Jared Goff deep shot. And if that didn't hit, like that was it. But the fact that they have enough confidence in Matthew Stafford that they are going to continue to run those plays and they still were able to get Deshaun Jackson open down the field a couple of times and only one of them really needed to hit, right? And they were able to do that. And there were a couple other plays where they had, you know, Deshaun Jackson on the, you know, that intermediate uh, that, that they hit him for another big play. But the fact that they were able to, you know, just go back to it and they had the confidence to do that. And it's like, okay, well, you missed two deep shots, but we still know there's, you know, one, you know, in the holster that we can unload and they hit that in a 75 yard touchdown. Um, you know, I, that was a great sign, I think for the future of the, the Rams offense, because it shows that, uh, they're, they're not constricted to what that quarterback, uh, you know, might be able to do because with, with golf, those, those extra deep shots were, were not in, in the holster. They did, they did not have that ability. Uh, so after, you know, there was a miss, they, they had to, uh, just structured the offense, you know, going forward and with, you know, Cooper Cup and what they're doing right now. And I just think the Rams are are one of these teams that just have, you know, so many different ways you have to defend them. And this Cardinals defense has been good. Yeah, they um, hid Deshaun Jackson for two weeks and then just pulled him out. <laughs> yeah. Like, here you go. Like, you, you played 17 snaps the first two weeks. And then they were like, all right, well, we've got him. We'll, we'll pull him out for this game plan. 
Yeah, sure. yeah. And after week two, Sean McVay was like, "Yeah, I need to get him more involved," and then they got him uh, more involved. So when you have that, like, when you have Robert Woods and he's like just not even uh, like a, a piece of of the gameplay, but he's you know still doing Robert Woods things, still you know a great blocker, still being used on that jet motion that is impacting the offense. Um, like so, you still there's like a there's a Robert Woods game coming at, at some point, right? When teams are going to sell out to uh, stop um, Deshaun Jackson when they're trying to you know stop uh, Cooper Cup, who you know has been great. Um, I just it, it's uh, this Rams offense is really good, and even if you know Stafford isn't you know, completely consistent from down to down. I just think they have so they like they, they have so many backup plans that it, it's going to continue to work. And I think that is really uh, uh, the positive uh, for this Rams offense uh, for probably the, the remainder of the season. I'm real interested to see how it's going to go against and how the Cardinals are going to defend this because like their, their secondary has been a lot better than a lot of people expected. They've been able to hold up a little more, um, and, you know, they've been able to get pressure. So uh, how this game uh, plays out, I think it, it, whether this, you know, the defense can continue to play fast because I think they're going to need to do that uh, against the Rams uh, in order to, you know, keep, um, you know, it close enough for the offense uh, to, you know, do what it can do uh, and stay in structure uh, and, you know, not make, you know, Kyler have to, you know, play this, you know, straight drop back game that they might have to if they're trailing. Yeah, the other side is what I'm looking for. You I mean, because, you know, Kyler's a guy who he struggled against Brandon Staley's defense, and now Raheem Morris has kind of switched this thing up a little bit. This Rams defense is, is playing a little more aggressive. They're, they're sending a lot more blitzes. Uh, they're not, they're playing different coverage concepts. So, I mean, I, I'm hoping that gives Kyler a little bit more kind of opportunity here to get out of this kind of uh, kind of funk, so to speak, that he's been in against this Rams defense in the start of his career. And I'm excited to see the Cardinals kind of face their first kind of real defense. You know what I mean? Listen, they face the Titans, the Vikings, and the Jaguars to start the year. Uh, they've been getting a lot of really good contributions from their ancillary pieces that they didn't get. We talked about that, you know, how their offense last year was basically run three by one, ISO DeAndre Hopkins, and that was the offense. This year, they're able to do a lot more things. So I'm very excited to see them now get their kind of first challenge. Uh, it wasn't super pretty the first half against Jacksonville, but it got together, you know, in the second half and they were yeah. able to kind of to, to, to close up shop there. I saw a lot of people like tweeting during the game, like, Oh, Jacksonville's going to be the first like eliminator upset. Like so many people pick the Cardinals and uh, you know, they, they were able to ramp it up here. They got the flea flicker pick six and then kind of the tides turn, uh, but Kyler still played really well in the game last week. So I'm, I'm very excited to see him against this, you know, new Raheem Morris version of the Rams defense and how they've adjusted to kind of some of the pieces they lost this year. Um, and cause they've still been really good so far, but they've, we've also seen now two weeks in a row there. It looks like they're going to give a lot more passing production than the last year's version did for sure. Uh, so there's going to be a little bit more opportunity, I think for big plays on the Rams this year uh, than there was in a couple of years past, especially with them, not really, caring about Jalen Ramsey, you know, defending the perimeter. They want to use him as, like I said, that, that almost like a sub sub linebacker in a fashion. Uh, so I'm very excited to see the Cardinal side and see what Cliff can do in this game. I think it's a big kind of statement game for Murray season uh, at this point of his career. Yeah. I mean, do we, do we have to have a, a Cliff conversation? Because nah, like really. what? He's going to do that. <laughs> He's going to do what he does. Uh, that, that field goal, like, what why (laughs) and like with kyler of all quarterbacks like who is like could at least get the ball close to the end zone from that 
I, I don't know. All right. Yeah. But we, big time we, NFC West love. Those guys are Russell Wilson, Matthew Stafford, and Kyler Murray are one, two, and three in yards or passing time in the NFL. Yeah. I mean, this, this is, this has been a, a, a fun, um, really fun offensive football. And I think we're, we're definitely and seeing the 49ers that 49ers are doing stuff. Yeah. So let's, let's go there because <laughs> the Kyle use check game plan was on full effect. Hey, listen, it, it worked. It, he's good. Right? He's a good player. There's a reason they, that you can use that many teams can, can, can go ad lib and incorporate their fullback into an actual game plan. Like the 49ers did Kyle use check. Yeah, that wasn't, I mean, that wasn't, that wasn't intended as shape. <laughs> Right. So like the, the Yushek thing is, is interesting because like he is so much more valuable to the 49ers than he would be to like any other any team. team. Right. So like, so when, Maybe he the has, Patriots. when he has the contract, like the, I'm not even sure like the Patriots would, would figure them out. I think just is, he is a, a muse for, for Kyle Shanahan to be able to move around, have those, those 21 uh, personnel sets, even like he, he was the, he was the running back. Um, not a lot, a lot of times uh, in, in that game, but you know, that, that offense, man, they're just like, it's got so much talent though. It, it does. And that's why it works. Um, but they are, they're, they're calling the game. Like they are trying to cover up a rookie quarterback yes. without playing their rookie quarterback. So it's like, why, why not just do that and add the element of Trey Lance um, but why would even why have we even seen it? Do you remember that third preseason game? I know it's preseason, but they played the Raiders, and there was like a mix of both guys with the first team offense. Like, right. where are where is that? Like, that's been we're three weeks into the season now, and all we've seen Trey Lance come in and do is run is run two plays inside the five yard line. Where are those? Where is Lance in on just like coming in for a drive so they can run some stretch and some outside zone stuff? Like, where is that? <laughs> Yeah, you would like to see that mixed in a little more. And I mean, we saw him come in on the goal line for uh, a play with like they needed a touchdown because the clock was going to expire if they did not score. And they were like, our best play right now is Trey Lance. So if you're thinking that in that area of the field, like why are you not thinking that in other places, right? Where it's the most high leverage, just get him on the field more because just like, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to do what Jimmy Garoppolo does. And it's, it's fine. And it can work when the structure of the offense is there, but there's again, it's another offense where there's no explosive plays. They're leaving things on the field because the quarterback just cannot do it. Um, and I mean, the, the one interception he, he threw uh, was a really good play by uh, Jair Alexander uh, that he was able to, you know, come back and cover. I think that was uh, just a good structure in the Green Bay defense and Alexander made a great play, but that was also the only time he attempted to push the ball down the field. So like, that's, that's a problem. Um, so when you, when you don't have that in the office and that's why, you know, they got Lance, right? That's why they moved up to take a uh, quarterback third overall because they want, they need those explosive plays. And when you, you know, throw, um, you know, I think, you know, I think what they have a buy in week six. So I think we probably see Lance by week seven, I would think, um, as they continue to move. So I, but when we look at what is this is going to play out against the Seahawks, a team that just like cannot play defense right now. Um, like they've been playing the same type of defense for <laughs> over a decade. And like right now, all these players look lost. Like Bobby Wagner had a bad game where he like, he didn't look like he knew what he was doing. So like when, when you have that uh, happening uh, in the Seahawks defense, that 
really something that like you need to fix like instantly because uh, again we're just seeing uh this where they're just they're giving up just these chunk plays and there's there's really nothing they can do about it so they are allowing positive epa on 58.9 percent of pass plays um which is the worst in the league um and that's like you you can't win games if you're allowing a 60 percent success rate on pass plays like you that just that's impossible uh no matter how good the the offense that it can be and like they are still doing some some good stuff on offense they're still trying to figure out you know some stuff but they're you know getting the title hockey involved they're getting dk Metcalf. uh and then then once they have a three and out pete gets upset and then they have right. run they run the next three plays. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's there's still that that give and take there and they're they're trying to figure that out, but like that could still work if the defense just wasn't getting completely run over on on every play and i think we saw like there's some places where they can still you know get some pressure but just everything on the back end is just nothing is working um and and that's that's really a concern when it's not like they're not playing a complicated scheme right it's 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 the mostly the you know seattle cover three they're throwing in some more things but um for for guys to just continually look lost like they do like from play to play is just that's that's not going to work um and you know we're going to have to see uh, whether you know san francisco can take advantage uh, of that in the passing game because it just it hasn't been something they've been able to do uh to this point so if they can open it up a, a little more uh i think you know, in Seattle's going to have a, a hard time, you know, uh, staying, um, you know, staying in pace. And, you know, for as much as, you know, the 49ers have had, you know, some, some struggles uh, on defense right now, they're, they're seventh in uh, success rate against on defense against the pass. So they've been able to hold up, you know, just enough because I think they've been structured, uh, you know, fairly well. They've been able to overcome some of the deficiencies they have in personnel on that side of the field. Um, so, it's yeah, going to be really, but again, you know, when you run a DK Metcalf down the field, that's, you know, different than anything they've, they've really seen uh, so far. Um, but yeah, it, Rogers was the first real test that they had. And they, honestly, the second half of that game, they played pretty well. It was, it was ugly. The first half, it looked like the Packers are going to go just away with it. And they actually got enough big stops in the second half, not the biggest stop they needed. They got enough stops to actually get them back in that game. Uh, and then they, I mean, I just don't know how that coverage is playing at the end of the game. That's just, you know, one-off thing to tangent to off on, but like, yeah, they did get a couple stops, but we were in this boat last year. Remember when Seattle was just like, they were just a sieve on defense to start the year. And then the 49ers went in and, they, and then they just got shellacked. Uh, in, the game was in Seattle and they really didn't do anything. They had a couple garbage time, like production from Nick Mullins, but Garoppolo was terrible in that game. I remember uh, leading into it. I remember because like it was like the, the Seattle at that point was like an all time NFL worst defense. Like they were giving up like just an insane amount of passing yards. They almost like a 300 yard pass every game. And then like Garoppolo just absolutely did nothing. And it's, they said that's when he hurt his ankle, but he basically got pulled. He was awful in the game. And the 49ers didn't have any running backs in that game, which we, they might not have again this week. We'll see how it works out um, with Elijah Mitchell coming back or not. But we saw last week, they finally got, you know, Brandon Ayuk on the field and it made a difference. And they finally used George Kittle, you know, correctively. The first two weeks, George Kittle was, used as like this little dump off guy, like near the line of scrimmage. And they finally got him some targets on the intermediate level. Cause that's where you want George Kittle. You want him to be 
getting the ball in motion because when George Kill has the ball in motion, that first guy is not getting, taking him down like almost never. Uh, and you saw him have that huge play on the, on that slant, you know, that set up the go ahead touchdown uh, before they lost. But uh, it was it was an encouraging game plan for how weird it was for the 49ers because they actually showed they had to use two players they hadn't correctly used. Uh, you know, one Brandon Ake was in the, the, the quote unquote doghouse for two weeks, uh, and then Kittle the first two weeks. So this game's going to be pretty interesting on on a lot of levels. Yeah, we'll see. And this is going to be a, just a division in general where uh, these wins are, are really going to matter. So where you are right now, like this. Yeah, them playing yeah. To, on the, together all in the same weekend is, is fun. Yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. And like you're, and it's you know going to create some division. And even if like you're not the team right now that you're going to be at the end of the year, like these, the the wins and losses don't matter they they count the same so to get these you know the early wins uh to it's set up in the division especially in um you know with with the playoff structure right if if you're the rams you really want this win because that's going to try to help set you up for you know the the one seed which is you know again the only uh one with with a buy um and then when you have right now if you're the wild card and again we're you know talking about the playoffs on there but this is you know a division where we're expecting you know at least three of these teams and, and maybe four to be um you know fighting for a playoff spot down the line and now if you have the potential to have to play Monday night on a wild card weekend because you weren't able to win your division. Um, that's going to you know be potentially rough if you have to go into that next week. So like getting that separation now really you know puts you at an advantage. So to get these early season uh, division games, uh, it's, it's definitely going to be huge. So we can maybe let's hit uh, something quick on the way out. But uh, you want to hit Monday night because that's. You know, we have this the Raiders team that is still clicking on offense. Uh, the I saw they were, the, they were the first team in NFL history to win to go three and zero against three teams that won ten games the previous year. Yeah, I mean that's a little bit like fun fact is yeah. because like, yeah, yeah. you have to be playing three teams in your yeah. first three games that have won 10 games so i mean uh, but I don't, we don't want to take away from what the raiders have done because they have you know played well um and you know, i think we talked about it last week a little bit like uh, whether we you know fully believe because like we've we've fallen for the Derek carr pushing the ball down the field before but like they are continuing to do things well you know in the passing game and Rugs is coming, baby. Offense. Rugs is yeah coming. they're i mean like so it, this last week i think everyone said like it was the best rugs game so we like we've seen those pieces from rugs before but never like put into the game plan in the same game, right? He's run some of those deep routes and had success there. He's run that motion into the wheel um, that they've, you know, had, but we, we haven't seen that in the same game and gone to uh, the whole time. So I think that's, if they continue to figure out how, how to use him, that's going to be huge uh, for that offense around all, all the other pieces there. You know, that defense is playing pretty well. They're still creating uh, pressure with uh, a lot of those guys. And, you know, we're seeing this, this Chargers team right now. They, they kind of, you know, they've figured out some stuff that they, they needed to work on. Um, yeah. We talked about how they were struggling in the red zone those first two weeks. They they got much better uh, there working on how they were going to figure out. And one of the things that I think w- was really great for that Chargers team is, you know, the 
like motion for for a reason, right? And there was a lot of ways they were using motion that were changing the structure of the defense, like right before the snap, like that Austin Eckler touchdown, um, the motion it came across, uh, it got, it brought the corner to uh, that side, um, like inside and uh, against Mike Williams. And as he like ran the seam into the end zone, that left Eckler just wide open. That was set up from the motion pre-snap. Uh, the 43 yard, um, you know, Mike Williams. Yeah, like the uh, fake play. Yeah, yeah, yeah that play that, awesome. That that, play um, <laughs> there was there was motion uh, before that snap that uh, changed the the structure of the defense and had Williams be wide open as uh, both uh, the defenders to that side like kind of stayed in the flat. Williams was just able to run right up the seam. Um, so they they're they're figuring things out um, on offense that are creating easier structure uh, while Herbert is still able to, you know, do Herbert things. So um, I think on both sides of the ball and this, you know, the defense for the chargers, like it hasn't been great, but they've been doing, you know, just enough where you can you know, like flash some of the potential. So there's still been, you know, some big plays. Asante Samuel uh, has been playing uh, incredible. You know, you still have Joey Bosa and, um, you know, they don't have a, a lot outside of that, but I think just the, the structure on any given play, I think can help them a lot, even if the down down consistency hasn't completely been there. So just on both sides of the ball, I think this, this is just a fascinating game. Yeah, because the, uh, we talk about a lot. It's the, the same thing we talk about, the Brandon Staley defense, right, of how they want to play. And it's, it, it, it just completely counters what the Raiders have had success doing for three weeks. So it's going to be interesting to see how the Raiders, you know, adjust to a team that really isn't going to give you any opportunity to throw downfield. And that's not to say like that the, the Chargers are never going to be able to deep ball all year. That's going to happen. It's the NFL. But the, the way the defense is structured, they're, just, they're not getting up a lot of opportunities downfield. So we're going to see kind of does Derek Carr and this team kind of have to recalibrate, use Darren Waller more in the intermediate era. Is it a Hunter Renfro game? Uh, no, no one ever wants to be a Hunter Renfro game, but, uh, you know, he's a solid player. No no uh, disrespect to Hunter Renfro fans out there. Uh, but, but, yeah, we're going to need to see Waller be a lot more involved than he was the last two weeks. You know, after the 19 targets in week one were a little egregious, probably in one direction, the seven targets the past two weeks, we can do a little better. So I'm really curious to see how their offense goes against this Chargers defense, because it said just the way Derek Carr has won all three weeks of the season, even going back in the last year uh, with these vertical kind of, you know, passing game, uh, I don't think it's going to be available on Monday night. So and then this team, too, like, are they going to be able to successfully run the football? They did on Miami. Uh, when they needed to, but are they going to be able to successfully run the football? Maybe Josh Jacobs is back uh, because again, this is the whole key to the, the, to moving the football on the chargers is if you, they want you to run and if you can't do it successfully, they're going to end up putting you in some long down and distances and then you can't convert because that's the way the defense is structured. Uh, so are the Raiders able to, to effectively run the football enough on early downs uh, to kind of avoid having to have Derek Carr lean on all the things he's had to lean on so far to start the year, uh, but definitely a fun matchup as well. I mean, the, the primetime games have all been pretty hot um, even when they haven't been, you know, the best of games, although there's no Manning cast this week uh, for the first time. So I don't yeah, know man, if I'm going to get through. What a bummer. It's <laughs> like those, they've, they've really you know, figured that out. I think the, the first half of the first game was, was a little rough as they were figuring it out. And then that second half, they really got it. And that went into, you know, the, the second and third games and yeah, to have to go back to the regular broadcast is, um, not great I don't even they're... know who's on the regular ESPN broadcast at this point. So I've, I haven't checked it out even once yet this year, but we're going to have to on Monday. Yeah, it's it's the same crew as as last oh is year. it is it Tesla yeah. and all right yeah um, <laughs> so yeah I mean they've just been really good like when they're actually breaking down the game uh, it has uh, it has been fun and the, the man Peyton Manning just like when there's 
any bad quarterback play is just that's just a great television. Yeah, um, anytime, any every play, he's just like pretty, so pretty disappointed. Amazing. He's like a disappointed dad. Uh, I thought it was great when Stafford was on last week, and you had all three kind of quarterback minds. The, Kind of, you could see like all the little sparks going uh, at the same time. They had Favre on. Favre was kind of out of it, but you know, with Stafford is on. Yeah, it's week, it's see. been hit or miss with guests. Um, there there have been you Chris know, been Long some good was ones. great. Pat yeah. McAfee, like uh, they've had a couple of real gems kind of pop in there that have really elevated it. But anytime you have a show that's contingent on guests coming in and out of that, you're going to run into, you know, a few that just aren't with it. I mean. Yeah, <laughs> you happens. know, Farfu was disinterested. Uh, Gronk, you just kind of wanted to do bits and had. And none of these guys no have good internet. Like going. it's amazing. No one has like like where none of you guys have an HD camera. Like we've been in the pandemic for uh, eighteen months. Like you guys, like every dude is like on like this like you know laptop cam- webcam that you can't even see. It's going in and out. Like it's there's no picture. Uh, everyone's in like a dark corner of their house. Like, come on guys. Like it's a, you guys all have a bunch of bank. Let's like, where's the setup? <laughs> uh, yeah. So we have to, uh, we have to wait till I think week seven again for another banning cast, but um, hopefully this game uh, chargers and Raiders will be uh, just good enough to, uh, to get us through a, a regular broadcast. Um, so, uh, <laughs> on that note, I think we're, uh, going to end it here, uh, for all the games we did not hit, you can, uh, read Rich's worksheet, which is, uh, upon sharp football analysis, uh, com. Uh, you can get, you know, all the information you need for, for any game. And if you're, again, if you're going through uh, fantasy season and not reading that every week, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, and you can, again, remember, uh, for Friday only, if you are listening to this on Friday and hopefully you are um there's a code uh, for uh, a discount on whatever the uh, thursday night score was we are recording before the thursday night game but you are hearing this after so whatever that score was that is the percentage uh, discount code uh, for the site you can get uh that there on the site so you can follow rich on twitter at ward reeves you can follow me on twitter at dan Pizzuta. thank you guys for listening and we will talk to you again soon I'm not going to do that.